0: This is Barbara with Can A Girl Speaks Podcast. My voice, your voice. Good evening everybody. This is Barbara with the Canada Girl Speaks Podcast, and I am so excited to be recording um, on this evening on how everybody out in you, on YouTube land. And those that are listening to the podcast on um, the podcast um, sites like Anchor, but I want to say thank you always for for supporting the Kenna Girl Speaks podcast. And this evening, I have a young man that um, uh, I've known for a while now, and um, he is actually a an city official, and he actually is done some, doing some other things. I'm gonna let him explain it to you, to you what he's also doing. But uh, without further ado. I want to introduce to those that are uh, watching on YouTube, uh, Mr. Chris Woolsey. Hello.
1: Hey, Barbara. I appreciate you having me over here tonight.
0: Well, thank you. You have been on the podcast before. And mm-hmm. um, so tell the tell the uh, those that are out uh, that are watching on YouTube um, who Chris Woolsey is.
1: Right. Um, so I'm on Canada City Council. This is my second term. And uh, outside of that, my day job, uh, I manage the uh, the shipping and, and logistics warehouse for Collins Street Bakery. And I do commercial real estate on the side, so I've got a I've got a pretty full plate.
0: Yes, I like do. to I like
1: to stay busy and and have lots of things that I'm that I'm involved in that are helping folks out and and making the the community I live in a better place.
0: And you're also getting ready to hear wedding bells, right?
1: Yes, yeah, we are we are counting down a, a few weeks to go on that one. So that's been that's been quite a journey too. All the work that goes into that, all yeah. the planning, and so yeah, you you know how all of that goes. Yeah, so congratulations yeah. on that. I'm happy well, for you. you. Thank
0: you. I appreciate it. Happy for it. you. So the reason why I wanted to bring um, Chris on is because. Um, I'm sure everybody has heard and they've been, you know, wh- you know, either reading about it or even seeing on local media about the appraisal no- notices. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody has um, if you're a homeowner or a business owner, they have gotten that notice in the mail. And so I wanted to bring him on because he has a little bit of knowledge about appraisals and I wanted to bring him on to talk about The appraisal district, I wanted to bring them on and talk about, you know, um, just explain it to Enlightenment's term, you know, for those that are new homeowners, those that want to be homeowners. Let's just talk about that portion of, you know, that entity, you know. And so I even kind of like started doing research myself. I was like, okay, so when I'm a homeowner. And so like I was telling him earlier, I said, whenever we bought our home, it was like, file Homestead, file Homestead. And then I had to go over and look it up. What does homestead mean? You know, so I wanted to bring Chris on to talk about the uh, appraisal note, appraisal district, you know, the pra- appraisal notices, and what that's all about for those that just want to get the information in layman's terms. So yeah. go ahead and explain a little bit about
1: it. Great, yeah, I can, I can do that. Um, I'm, I'm glad there's folks out there who are interested in this because it's typically a topic that uh, puts folks to sleep. Yeah, um, it's a hot item right now, it's, though. It's a super hot <laughs> item. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll start out just kind of trying to explain the basics of it. Um, it's, it's fairly complicated. Uh, it took me a long time to fully understand it. So. If you don't understand it immediately after this podcast, do not feel bad. Uh, <laughs> it, it takes a while. It's yeah. a pretty complicated system. Um, so the way that, that property taxes work in the state of Texas is you have essentially two bodies who decide how much, how much property tax you're going to have to pay each year. Um, the first step of that process is your central appraisal district. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go out and they assign a value to your property and their job to go out and say what is the actual value of your property it's supposed to be a number within about 95 percent of the actual market value of your property Mm -hmm. and so they do not assign any tax dollars that you have to pay so when you get that appraisal and your first thought is man my taxes are going up remember that it's not the appraisal district that collects taxes it's not the appraisal district who decides how much you pay their job is to go out and assign an unbiased amount to what your property is worth. Yeah. And so that's that's the number that everybody just got in their mail this past month or so. Yeah. Um, people looked at their house and it was worth $120,000 last year. And suddenly this year it's worth $190,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their immediate thought is, oh, no. I have to pay property taxes on a property worth $190,000. Mm. Um, but there's a lot of factors that play into it. Um, so for, for homeowners, uh, the number one protection that you have against increasing property taxes is the homestead exemption. And so that's, that's something you mentioned earlier. The homestead exemption is a designation that you can place on a property that says, I own this property and I'm designating this as my specific location that I I designate as my primary residence. Mm-hmm. And when you put that de- designation on a piece of property, there's a lot of protections that come with that. Um number 1, you get an exemption for specific amounts of valuation off of your property. So, um for the the city of Corsicana, uh if you live here um for a for a property if it's worth I don't know, Mm -hmm. $150,000 for your school portion of taxes, you have a $25,000 homestead exemption. And so if that property is worth $150,000, you're only going to get taxed on $125,000 worth of that value. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, that would only apply to whatever entity has exemptions that apply for all those different things. Um, the most common exemptions that you have is a homestead. Uh, you have an over 65. Yeah. You have disabled. Yeah. Those are going to be your most common ones. Um, the over 65, uh, the the big advantage that offers is that will freeze your school taxes. Yeah. Um, so the year that you turn 65, uh, whatever your your tax dollar amount was for that year. It's going to get frozen at that amount.
0: So, do they have to go down and sign any paperwork to to freeze it if, when they turn sixty five?
1: Yeah you you have to you have to let them know that you're sixty five. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't just keep up with that number. You yeah. you actually have to do the legwork to tell them, hey, you know, I'm sixty five, um, and then then you'll be able to to see that. So when you get that appraisal notice, um, you'll see some letters kind of on the bottom line. If it says hs that means you have a homestead exemption Mm -hmm. it'll say like 065 for over 65 and i think ds for disabled Disabled. yeah and so those those all offer uh different forms of protection um so the appraisal is the the first part of how your property taxes get calculated so remember when you get that notice it's not your appraisal district that causes your taxes to go up it is not the tax assessor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who causes your taxes to go up? The tax assessor's job. I, I, I got some questions on this one, so I yeah. wanted to make sure. Yeah, because
0: I, I mean, people they put they want to put a, a a face with the paperwork. Right. You know. Right.
1: So, uh, <laughs> so Mike Dowd, I'll I'll have your back here. Your tax assessor does not increase your taxes. Your tax assessor's job is to do math yeah. and communicate math to taxing entities yes. and tell them, hey, here is. Here is your valuations. Here is your no new revenue rate, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, here's all the different math. And then you decide what you want to do with it and let me know. Okay. So <laughs> if your taxes go up, don't go blaming your tax assessor collector. <laughs> don't go blaming your central appraisal district. Yes. Right. And
0: that's the reason why I wanted to bring Chris on, because I wanted, I wanted him to explain that, because... Um, you know, sometimes we just really, we really just don't know. And so I really mm-hmm. appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. So go ahead.
1: Yeah. Um, so the second part of determining your property taxes is the tax rate. Mm-hmm. And this is a rate that is set by all of your taxing entities. Um, so that would be uh, in in Corsicana, for example, that's going to be the city of Corsicana, Corsicana ISD, mm-hmm. Navarro County, Navarro College, and then the Navarro County, Road and Bridge Fund and oh. the Navarro County Flood Control Fund. I'm sure there's one I forgot, yeah. but those are those are going to be the ones that you see. Um, and so each of these taxing entities, uh, which Barbara and I are, yeah. are both on, one of these, so yeah. um, you know we we are the ones who have to take responsibility for that tax rate. Yeah. Um, when we get those numbers in July, uh, the tax assessor collector is going to tell us, hey, based on your valuation increases. Here is the no new revenue rate, and that no new revenue rate is calculated to let every taxing entity know what the tax rate needs to be so that no additional tax dollars come out of pocket for residents from the previous year. Okay. It does not take into account additional growth. Mm. So for, for, uh, for example, uh, let's say that the two of us were the only taxpayers in, in this room last year. Uh, and then someone else moved in here. Now there's three people. Mm-hmm. That no new revenue rate is going to say for the two of y'all, your taxes are not going to go up if we pass the no new revenue rate. Mm-hmm. But your your taxing entity is going to realize growth because now you have a third Some person happen. over here. Okay. And then in the second year, that no new revenue rate would take into account the three, three of people. us okay. if a fourth one moved in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, taxing entities will get that information, uh, late July, if, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we all get to go back and start looking at our budgets, looking at what the valuations are and determine what tax rate we want to levy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that burden falls on the city, the school board, the County, Mm -hmm. uh, and the college board. So when your taxes go up, those are the the entities that are responsible. Uh-huh. so that, that responsibility falls on us to determine do we want to take them down? Do, do we do they want more services? Uh, can, does it stay the same? It's yeah. on us to determine that. Um, and you know I'll, I'll give a, a great example um, from last year uh, for, for the city. Um, we had a lot of people who came to us and said, hey, we want to see our firefighters paid more. yeah And we said, OK, there's a there's a lot of them, you know, for fire and police. That's a that's a lot of employees. Yeah. Um, and we did the math and the amount that that we saw that we could do is around a million dollars. Mm. We said, OK, you want us to increase the level of services by one million dollars worth of value. We can do that, but we are. We're going to add that payroll and then we added new positions as well. So okay. this was additional service mm-hmm. and people told us, hey, we're OK with paying it. And so we spent I mean, you you remember it. We spent yeah. we spent a long time talking about it yeah. um, and I don't I don't like property taxes, yeah. you know, um, but people communicated to us that they wanted to That's see that want. increase in service. And so we said, OK, you asked for it, so we'll do it. Um, you know, when when I've talked with folks in my precinct, uh, the top three things that people told me that they wanted me to focus on was reducing the property tax burden, mm-hmm. fixing streets, and improving our public safety. Mm-hmm. And so improving public safety, that was something that was super important to everybody and they told me to work on. So that's something we gotta work on. Yeah. Um when it comes to reducing the property tax burden, what that takes is each of our taxing entities looking at our budget and deciding to make hard choices because the easy thing to do is to leave the tax rate at what it was last year and then just let the valuations increase. And so when the tax rate is left the same uh, in a year where growth is seen, then taxes are going to go up.
0: So, so is it, since um, our community and we're talking about Corsicana, scanner um the growth um, do you, do you, mm-hmm. as a, as a council person and also as what you do um as far as um the you know what the other job not just the bakery but the other mm-hmm. job do you pay your the the real estate part mm-hmm. um so do you pay attention to the growth i mean do you do you look at okay so where we see Corsicana in five years, do you pay attention to that is that important as a homeowner? That when you say when people are moving in, they're building, you know, building houses, you know, do is that a part of the appraisal? Part is that to see, hey, you know, we got new housing coming in.
1: Mm-hmm. So the appraisals, uh, they are to reflect the value of the property as of January first. Okay. So the appraisal that you just got in your mail uh, was a value based on your property's value from January second, twenty twenty one, to January first. 2022. Okay. And so if your property has improved from January 2nd, 2022 until now, that value should be realized on next year's next appraisal. Year. Okay. Right. Okay. So, it's it's you normally see kind of a one-year lag in those valuations. And so everything that we saw uh this past April when these came out is the growth that we realized in 2021. Okay. And so if you see uh a new neighborhood, you know, going up right now, uh, we're going to realize that value next, next, year. Year. next year. Right. Next right. Year. So it all, it all plays into it. Um, and, you know, when you see new businesses come in, uh, you get, you get sales tax dollars come in a little bit quicker. And that property tax is coming in a little bit slower.
0: So, so on our, on the committee, of course, the is it, is that, is that that's a good thing for growth, right? Good thing for growth. Good thing to know that we're moving forward, mm-hmm. you know. And so, is that appealing to other business mm-hmm. business people, you know, that are entities that are coming in? That hey, we can have good property value, you know, we have uh, homes being built. You know, is that is that real a real good way to bring them bring more companies in?
1: Right. Um. In in my opinion, the best way that we can appeal to companies coming in is not to not to give the abatements. Um, I'm personally not a big fan of abatements, but they're sort of a necessary evil at this point. Yeah. Um, but when we see the growth that we have year over year, the best thing that we can do is to reduce our property tax rates in each of the taxing entities to spread that amount out amongst the growth. And when companies are looking for somewhere to go, they're going to look at what that, total tax rate is for a given area. Mm-hmm. And so for for Corsicana, for example, our total tax rate is like 2.577. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that's calculated is $2.57 per $100 of mm-hmm. valuation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they look at Corsicana and they say, okay, the rate there is, you know, 257. Uh, let me look at what it is in McLennan County. Mm-hmm. Let me look at what it is in Ellis County. And if they're going, if they're looking at half a dozen places and Corsicana is the highest total tax rate, they're going to say, "Huh, scratch that one off the list. It's going to be more expensive to operate there. If Corsicana has a lower total tax rate, that's going to be a whole lot more appealing. And so we are in this competition with areas around ours uh, to be as appealing as possible. And so Corsicana has a ton of appealing things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just one piece of the puzzle that if every taxing entity, you know, looks at their budgets and looks at their operations and they make the most of the money and they can reduce that tax rate and get it to, at the very minimum, the no new revenue rate, uh, that that should be the goal for for every taxing entity is to to look at that no new revenue rate.
0: So how important, how important, how important is it to talk to each other? You know, those, those entities, how important is it to talk to each other? Because if the city's not talking to the county, or the county's not talking to the school district, is that like not, is that a good thing or bad thing? Should they, should we, they all be talking to each other?
1: I, I wish that we had like, I don't know, two meetings a year yeah. where we got. Every taxing entity, you know, in, in the county together. And we just had a had a big round table. Yeah. And, you know, we could we could at least communicate with each other. Yeah. Um, I know like the the city and county, for example, we have joint meetings fairly often. We talk about our EMS program. Mm. Um, but I, I think it would be a healthy thing for all of us if we had, you know, at least in Corsicana. Yeah. If it was, you know, I mean, City course, County School District, yeah. College Board, if we yeah. all got together. Um, I think that'd be a healthy thing for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, because that way, I mean, you guys can know, you know, what's to come. Right. You know, I mean, you may know as a city council person that hey, this is taking place, but then, as you know, as a school district, you know, we want to know, hey, what do what we prepare for? You know, because right. you know, growth is coming. You know. Right. And so, um, and I know you guys, you guys are preparing for that. So, should a person that gets their appraisal notice? Should they go ahead and start appealing? Should they go ahead and sign up to appeal? I mean, what's the, you know, do you do you recommend appealing, right. you know, and and what's the best way to appeal, you know, for those that this right. is their first time getting their notice, Because we got some new homeowners. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're like, I'm sure they're like, what do I do with this? You know?
1: Right. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, back to the homestead exemptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a homestead exemption on your property, the taxable value can only go up 10% in a given year. Mm. So um, let me pick something that's got easy math. If your property was $100,000 last year, and this year it comes out to $150,000, the amount that you can be taxed on can only go up 10% at a time. The the state legislature put a cap on that to help protect homeowners uh, from seeing like a 50% increase in taxes in one year. And so that means if it was 100000 last year, 150000 value this year, then the taxable value is only going to go up to $110,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next year, it can go up to $121,000. Yeah, it can only okay. go up 10% per mm-hmm. year until mm-hmm. it meets with that market value. Yeah. And so if you've got a homestead property, uh, you'll see a couple of different lines. You'll see one that says total market value. And that's what they're saying the, the actual market value is. And then you'll see one, um, I think it'll be assessed value. Mm-hmm. And that one should be 10% higher than than what it was last year. So something a lot of homestead properties are going to experience this year is appraisals that are so far beyond that 10% cap that even if you protest it, you're not going to realize a tax savings this year. Okay. Um, I would still recommend folks protest. Um, and for, uh, I know, at least for Navarro County um you can protest online. Yeah. And when you get that appraisal form, if you flip it over on the back, it's got the protest form that you can you can mail that one in, but that's essentially the same form that you'll see online.
0: Mm, okay. So do you take pictures and, you know, go around and and look at other houses about your size and and um, you know, compare?
1: Yeah, that's that's the the best way to do it. Um if you if you're wanting to try and do it yourself, Um, It's it's possible to do it yourself Um, if if you're able to get more accurate sales comps, that makes it a whole lot more likely that you will succeed um, because you have to prove to the appraisal district. um, Hey, this is this is what the value actually is. And then they have to prove to you that the records they used were actually correct.
0: So explain to them about that, about that process is when you do um, protest. And appeal you know you, is it who, who makes the final decision is it the mm-hmm. board is it the chief appraisal appraisal person who makes the final decision right
1: so if you if you fill out that online protest and you send it in um someone from the appraisal district is going to contact you and you'll have an informal conference mm-hmm. and you'll sit down with an appraisal employee and they'll say okay here's the know, three houses that we compared it against yeah. Um, you know, here's, here's why our, our math checks out. And if you say that math doesn't check out, um, you used a house that, you know, is totally remodeled. You know, (laughs) that one's got granite counters. (laughs) Mine's still got, you know, factory everything. Uh, Then they'll come back and say, okay, instead of $150,000, it's, we'll settle on 120. Okay. All right. But back to our previous example, if it was a hundred thousand last year, 150,000 this year and they say we'll settle on 120, you're still hitting your 10% cap. Yeah. And then next year, you've really? got an you've got a cap coming again. Yeah. So you still haven't realized a tax savings um simply because we're in this situation where real estate values have just skyrocketed. Yeah. Um and in a situation like this, it's going to be difficult to protest some of those values down below what that 10% cap is.
0: So do you see um I know they say it's a sellers market and all, sellers market and all that. Do you see a bubble? Do you see like okay, it's going to stop? Or do you see like it's going to keep going cuz it's Texas. Yeah. <laughs> um and people are and people are coming to Texas. That's <laughs>
1: That's a that's a tough one, because if I say a bubble's coming, yeah. then it's not going to come it's for five come. years. If I say, no, that's not happening, it'll crash tomorrow. Yeah, that's so true. That's, yeah, so just... that's really. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you on yeah. that. Just wait and um, see. Yeah. I, I do know, like, if you if you want to buy property, um, I mean. Chances are that it's just going to get more expensive to buy property. Um, The Fed's raising basis points, Mm -hmm. and so interest rates are going up. And so the cost of borrowing money is getting higher. Um, You know, a year ago, we saw uh, refinance rates that were below Mm -hmm. 2.5%. And now, I mean, if you get something under 5%, you you might not be able to do that anymore. I yeah. haven't I haven't checked this week, but I know they the Fed raised rates, and so we're probably looking at above five percent at least um, for that that borrowing rate. So
0: how how so how how important is and for the young people that are that are um, watching and listening on on um, the podcast to be homeowners? You know because you know sometimes. Some people are renters, renters, renters. But how important mm-hmm. it is to be a homeowner as far as investing in a home?
1: Yeah, um, your home is most likely the the single largest investment that you'll make. Um, it's a it's a great way to to invest your living expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are a renter, um, you're paying property taxes still. That's yeah. a common myth is people think, oh, I just rent my house you're still paying property taxes. There's probably twenty-five percent or so of what your rent is. Your landlord isn't seeing it. Oh, it's wow. it's going to property taxes, yeah. um, and so people think that landlords are just sitting on a pile of cash because their you know their rent is eighteen hundred dollars a month. Um, no, like twenty-five percent of that they're never seeing. And then the rest of that is going to the loan, yeah. to the insurance, um, and rental properties don't have the same protections that homesteads do. Mm. So your rental property, there's a real possibility that if, you know, going back to our example, if it was $100,000 last year and it's $150,000 this year, that's a 50% increase in in rates wow. and there's no cap protection.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: So... That property could see a 50% jump in property taxes in one year. Oh, wow. And if that happens, your property taxes are going to go up 50% and somebody's got to pay that. And so that means
0: your rent is probably going to yeah, go up your, too.
1: Your landlord can't can't afford to just cover that for yeah. you. Um, I mean, if they did, they'd just be losing money. Yeah. And so they got to pass that along.
0: Yeah. Oh, Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. is, is there anything else that you want to just tell those that um, are, you know, you know learning? I mean, if not just learning, but just don't have the have an understanding about the appraisal notices, pr- appraisal, because, um, you know, my uh, reason why I wanted to bring, like I said, bring Chris on was to just try to explain it where everybody can at least understand a little bit more about the appraisal process. And so right. anything else you want to um,
1: say? Yeah, I, w- I would just say that you have, you have two good tools at your disposal. Uh, number one is protesting the valuation. Uh, that's your that's your fact check, so to speak, on the appraisal district and, and making them show their work and prove that your property is actually worth what they say it is. Um, the The second major tool that you have is influencing your local taxing entities. So showing up to your city council, your county commissioner, your school board, your college board meetings And when they're talking about property tax rates here in July and August, um, telling them, hey, we want the no new revenue rate or saying these are the services that we expect, Um, you know, reduce this rate, reduce our burden. We just saw values skyrocket and you have to lower the tax rate in order to compensate for that so that you're not seeing a, a massive tax increase. On on homeowners and businesses in, in the city.
0: So do you, so so for those that are watching and, and and if you're watching from in another city, I mean, how how important it is to get involved in your local governments? You know because sometimes people tend to, okay, well I vote I voted for them, I'm a, I, they're going to represent me. But how right. important it is to show up and you know be a, you know ask questions, be a voice. You know how important mm-hmm. is that?
1: Uh, it's super important. Your your local <laughs> elections are what impact you. Yes, um, I believe that. Too. I, I ran for city council because I didn't like my property tax bill going up. And I said, someone needs to do something about this. Looks like I'm someone. And yeah. so I wanted to I wanted to do something about it. And so, you know, I've I've tried to do my best on city council to find ways to reduce the property tax burden. Um, You know, I think. I think anybody getting involved in it, you know, we've kind of seen a resurgence in in interest in local yeah, politics over yes. the past year or so. Um, so voting in May elections, uh, knowing who your school board members are, yeah. knowing who your county commissioners are, knowing who your city council members are—these yeah. um, are the people that that determine the things that impact you most. Yeah. Um, everyone gets caught up in the the pomp and circumstance of who's president, who's Senate, who's Congress that really does not affect your life a whole (laughs) lot. Yeah. Local elections, local elections, the local elections. Yeah. When you, when you drive home after work and you drive on that street, pull into your house and you turn on the water faucet, uh, the city is the one who's making sure that happens or the county is the one making sure that happens. When you send your kids off to school and you, hope they're prepared for life it's the school who's you know school board who's impacting that yeah um so the the things that touch your daily lives uh that is all impacted by city yes. sc- county, county school mm. um and people people tend to not do those elections because it's, uh, you know, oh, those are small. You can't really impact a whole lot. And it it really impacts your life a whole lot more than than anything higher it would.
0: And I know uh, I've seen the, well, not not just, it's a sidebar, but we talk about um, just recently, we got the announcement about Bitcoin, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, They came out of the woodworks, you know, people are like, man, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness. And, you know, all that to me, that's local. That's local. Mm -hmm. And if we, if you would come more to the meetings and be involved in what's going on, you would learn a lot more. The Economic Development Organization, you know, just come and just be involved in that. And Mm -hmm. so that's why it is important to get involved in our local entities. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, I want to say thank you, you know, so mm-hmm. much for being on the Candy girl Speaks podcast. Now, you know, I always give my guests an opportunity to give their shout-outs to anybody that like to give their shout-outs to. So, go ahead and give a shout-out.
1: Um, I will uh I will give my shout-out to my uh, fiance Courtney <laughs> uh who uh, who is supposed to be making me cookies while I'm over here uh, <laughs> doing the podcast. Um, but yeah, my, my shout out goes to her. We'll be getting married here in a certain number of weeks. All so right. I can't remember off the top of my head, but she she keeps the math on that. And uh, another shout out as well to my grandmother, uh, who is moving to Corsicana this oh, week. Oh,
0: really? Yes. Oh, wow. So
1: my parents moved here uh, two or three, no, three or four years ago now. Uh-huh. Um, and now my grandmother is moving here this week, and well, so I'm, wow. I'm excited about, to yeah. to have my whole family here.
0: Good. Well, yeah. I'm excited for you. Well, I'm excited you. for everything that you're doing for our community because you know I I mean I've watched you you know since you came and got involved. I mean you hit the ball ro- hit the ball rolling whenever mm-hmm. you came here. So I really appreciate you know your service to the community. Well, thank you. Barbara. And so um, to those that um, are that that are were listening on this this evening, I hope you got some value some valuable information from. What Chris was saying, you know, if you have any questions, I'm sure he's just a phone call away because he's a city council person. So y'all give him a call and say, don't, like he said, don't go after the tax assessor. He, they have nothing to do with the appraisal notices.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Come if you want to. If you want to go after someone who wants to take responsibility come to a city council meeting, your county commissioner meeting, your oh, school board mm-hmm, meeting. Yeah. Uh, we're we're the ones where the buck stops. That's
0: right. That's yeah. right. And, and be involved. You know, that's get involved. You know, mm-hmm. that's just the big, that's the big thing for me is get involved. And so with that being said, I want to say thank you always for supporting the Canada Girl Speaks podcast. Have a safe evening and have a, a awesome weekend. Good night. This is a Legacy Recording Studio production.